What can you have a chapter in your book? It's titled "I Toilet Paper." Uh, what can toilet paper teach us about capitalism? And tell us a little about the inspiration for that chapter. And I won't give it away, but I'll just say that every person in America should read "I Pencil" by Leonard Reed. Yes, that was my inspiration, and uh, I remember reading this early on as a a young conservative, the, this essay that used a pencil to illustrate the magic of not only the mundane, you know, just this lowly little uh, consumer product, um, but also as an illustration that there's no federal edict, no central command in the world that could produce a pencil. Uh, that, in fact, it, it, it takes many, many people around the world pursuing their own self-interests, whether it's the rubber makers in India who supply the rubber for the eraser or the timber mill operator in Oregon uh, who doesn't give a hoot about (laughs) the people in India who's simply pursuing his own profit, and somehow they all magically are able to cooperate to produce one single pencil. And so I adapted that concept with the role of toilet paper, which is just as mundane and, and just as lowly as a pencil. And I walk through the entire sort of family tree of capitalists who help produce um, toilet paper. It's funny because this exact chapter was the, was the target of sneering mockery by the book reviewer at the Washington Post this week, who engaged in a lot of literal bathroom humor um, when he was trying to mock my book, and uh, all of his liberal journalist friends all ate it up. Um, and I think that's quite a shame, and it, and it actually kind of illustrates exactly why I wrote this book, because I am trying to immunize, immunize kids against that kind of smugness. I mean, so out of touch. I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's a miracle when you hold up a, a, a roll of paper and you think of all the way back to... Uh, you know, to the revolutionary age, the colonial times when our founding fathers were the first investors in paper mills um, all up and down um, Pennsylvania who, you know, had no imagination, no vision of thinking that, you know, when you're sitting in the bathroom that they were helping you. They didn't care about us. They didn't care about our backsides. They cared about their own bottom lines, and that's a good thing. Well, and maybe the people at the Washington Post aren't particularly fond of talking about paper because the newspaper, physical newspaper businesses' struggles are directly tied to uh, the lack of people wanting to buy newspapers anymore. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and and I think, you know, one one real takeaway from eye toilet paper, eye pencil, anything else which shows you how you pull together all of these different processes and resources and no one person's coordinating it, but it all comes together, is that that really undermines all elements of central planning and and government's role in an economy in and of itself. You know, I was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal recently, and they were talking about the Federal Reserve. And without getting into the specifics of it, they talk about how the Fed has a computer system that has thousands of variables or hundreds of variables in it. And they tweak the different assumptions to see what the right interest rate should be. And when you think about iPencil or iToilet paper, it shows you that no one person and no one computer could ever figure out what the ideal price of anything is, whether it's an interest rate or an iPad or any other product. It is people working together and through you know sort of spontaneous harmony 
to, to speak to something like Hayek, spontaneous order. That's yes. how the world works. Yes, yes. And um, I, I love the invocation of Hayek because, of course, um, the other concept here is the, is the idea of a fatal conceit, you know, that these central planners know all. And, and, and to your point, it's not merely that the, these people can, can, uh, can, that they fail to, to know what the, actual, the proper price of anything is, but what the proper use of anything is. And I think that the chapter, I did a, a chapter two on the Wizards of Cool, um, the Carrier Corporation, Willis Carrier and Irving Lyle, and their band of, of brothers uh, who brought these massive innovations in um, and cooling and then eventually heating um, to America. And when they initially started out, it was really to, to help a, a print company that was having problem with humidity uh, in New York City. It was, you know, kind of in the middle of one of these um, early uh, 20th century heat waves. And the ink was running, and so they needed somebody to solve that problem. Well, you know, eventually the air conditioning and the coolant systems that they introduced really are responsible for Hollywood and the movie industry, malls, um, the entire development of the Southwest and uh, the, the South, for that matter, on the East Coast, um, hospitals, uh, the, the vaccines wouldn't exist um, without uh, a lot of their innovative breakthroughs. But they never imagined, they could have not imagined when they embarked on that journey that it would lead to all of those things. And it shows you that the, the contrast between just the utter lack of vision that government bureaucrats have and what's possible when you give individual profit seekers the opportunity to, to you know, pursue their, their ends as far as they can go.